broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. 403 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Efforty and Adam Hill from ESPN Las Vegas and also uh, uh, the LRJ, Las Vegas Review Journal, does a fantastic job with both, of course. He's at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Was there in the Raiders locker room. We heard from Darren Waller. We heard from Hunter Renfro, courtesy of Vinny Bonsignor. We definitely appreciate that. But we'll get Adam's thoughts in just a little bit on what he saw from practice and what he thinks about this Raiders team going down the stretch the final four games of the season. So that's coming up. We do want to hear from you, Raider Nation, at the same time, 702-365-9200, and our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Where are you right now as far as confidence that the plan is in place and trending in the right direction? That's the question that we have for you. We'll go out to the phone lines right now and talk to our good friend Adam Hill, again from the RJ and our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. And, Adam, I'll start with you. When you see – this plan, or you see what Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly and Josh McDaniels are doing from, you know, from a distance, obviously. We're not inside the, the room, uh, and you're a guy that, you know, you have your thoughts on what the Raiders should do, and then they didn't do what you thought that they should do. But from what they're doing right now, do you feel like that the plan is in place and that they are trending in the right direction? I mean, I feel like, yes. Uh, you know, look, they've been, in the, they've been in position to win almost every game this season. Uh, they've they've had one game really where they didn't have a chance to win it, and you you switch the results of about half of those games, and the season looks totally different, right? I mean, that's that's the bottom line of of what people are missing uh, when they look at this team. Just like last year, they weren't as good as the record would indicate. This year, they're better than the record would indicate. I think that's pretty clear. Um, it's the end of the game, and I know it's really really hard to process uh, that results are secondary. Uh, but they are in terms of in terms of process because you put yourself in a position to win. You're going to win most of the you know not most of the time. You're going to win about half the time, and that's mm-hmm. that's where they should be. But they're not. They're losing the coin flips just like they won the coin flips last year. And um, I, I think if you continue putting yourself in a position to win games at the end, you're going to win more than your fair share. And, and that just hasn't happened. But those things even out over time. And and I'm much more of a process person than a results person. But in the end, it's a results business, and I get right. that, and I think everybody gets that. So nobody's happy with where they are. Nobody's you know, excited and thrilled about how the season has gone, but I think you could absolutely see some of the blocks in place of what they're trying to do. And, uh, you know, like I said, change a couple of those outcomes right at the end of the game. You know, Jerry Taylor doesn't slap the ball out of somebody's hand, and uh, there's not a, you know, there's not a 55-second two-point conversion. Uh, all right. of a sudden, the record looks a lot different. No, you're right about that. I'm glad you mentioned coin flips. Can the Raiders win a coin flip? It feels like they haven't won a coin flip to start a game all season long. I don't know if that's correct, but it feels like they haven't won one all season. Well, they won one, uh, but I don't think they called that one. You only call on the road. Remember that. Right, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I think they've won one all season, and I don't think they called it. So they haven't won a, a coin toss that they called. Uh, I feel like, look, I'm not going to – you know, I'm not going to uh, you know beg for awards here or anything, but I do feel like I was the first one on this. I think you uh, were. I've been, yeah, I've been, I've been really obsessed with this for a while, and uh, I know that there's people in the front office that are obsessed with this too. And not, not like, hey, we need to get better at the coin toss, but I know that there are people that just are, you know, very much love the story that they can't win a coin toss. 
they're sticking with it. They're letting AJ Cole continue to call and Matt Collins be out there. Um, they've said some things, you know, kind of off the record that make me laugh about the coin toss uh, that I don't think I can say here, but um, <laughs> we'll see. I, I, at some point, you have to win them, right? That's just that's the the law of odds. We're in Vegas. You right. gotta win a coin toss every now and then. Exactly. You know what? And I know you were the first one on it. Everyone is talking about it. I know Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy will talk about it during the broadcast, right? And and I think AJ Cole won what? Which one did he win when it was uh uh what the the um overtime, right? The start he's won, overtime. He's won. He's won the last two overtime tosses. Uh, he did lose the first one against the Cardinals, but he's won the last two. He said that he wins coin tosses when they matter. <laughs> uh, so he's he's winning in overtime lately, and. He beat Daniel Carlson in that coin toss. I, I think we talked about this. I'm not sure. But Daniel Carlson, uh, after the, after he finally missed a field goal, was supposed to get his hair cut and trimmed all the way off. And uh, Dan, uh, A.J. Cole did not want that to happen. So they, they flipped for it. And because A.J. Cole won that coin toss, Carlson only got a trim instead of cutting his hair all the way off. So he won that one. He said that one mattered. Uh, and he said the overtime ones have mattered. So he's winning the ones that matter. That's awesome. I love it. Adam Hill is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So you were out at practice. I didn't get to stay for practice. You got to stay for the uh, the locker room action as well. What were the spirits of the team like since this is really the first time that we get to see them since that loss on Thursday? Well, first of all, full disclosure on this, uh, I am embarrassed and humiliated. Uh, so I will say that right off. For those that watch the Devontae Adams press conference, you know what, Q, you're a professional. I think I'm a professional at times, not always. Uh, I started asking a question and then got totally lost as I was asking it and just started like stumbling and trying to find my way through. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, you start talking, you just try to fight your way through a question yep. Yep. and you realize you're, you're, you're kind of, you know what you're saying, but nobody else knows what you're saying. Yep. That happened. And you know, there, a lot of athletes would just say whatever they want, but just answer whatever they want. And they won't even acknowledge that you're just an idiot. Uh, Devontae Adams, much to his credit, I love him for this, just stopped and said, you confuse me, man. And <laughs> I agree. Like, I don't know what I, – I know what I was trying to ask him. And here's the thing. After he said that, he answered the question exactly the, what I was asking. So I appreciate and applaud him for doing that. But anybody that had to listen to that, I apologize. That was horrific and just awful. And sometimes it happens. It so does. We have, to acknowledge, we have to acknowledge when it does. Yeah, no, it does. It happens sometimes. And Demond is my witness. Sometimes I'll ask a question and I'll totally mess it up and I'll immediately put a little uh, a fake gun to my head and shoot myself. Like, man, that just happened, right? I mean, because it happens. Every, no, I do. I'll do that every once in a while. It doesn't happen often. But I'll tell you, Adam, in our business, there's some people that will try to talk their way through every question. Like, they'll, yeah. talk, they'll try to talk their way into a question, and that's awful. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I'm ashamed and embarrassed, and I'm, and I'm the kind of person I think uh, you might be too. I will, I will not sleep tonight and just think about like what the hell is I saying? Right. Uh, it's going to bother me. So uh, I, I'm not happy with myself, but that's that's my lasting memory of today. Just completely blowing a question. But I'll, I'll say, look, and the, the question I was actually trying to get to with Devontae, uh was something that Derek was talking about. Um, I, I, I kind of brought up to Derek Carr earlier. You know, Thursday night, and I haven't been on the show since Thursday, uh, that locker room was one of the saddest places I've ever been in my life. Mm. It was it was brutal. It was like being at a funeral. It was awful. And and I think, you know, rightfully so. I mean, look, I'm not blaming them. If I was in their position, I'd probably be the same. I hate, I hate losing it when I was playing sports. I hated it. And uh, I think I would have been in that same situation after a loss like that. But it was brutal to be in there. And I just asked Derek, like, what is the, you know, what's the right, 
attitude to have? What's the right approach to have? Do you want to be dejected and sad and down? Do you want to be angry? Like, how are you supposed to act? And he said um, that he prefers what it was Thursday, which was a morgue, to some other games this season where he didn't he didn't think it was the same. Mm. And I just flat out said, are you talking about the Colts game? And yeah. he said yes. <laughs> so uh, I, I thought that was interesting. So, But the, the thing about that is, and I think, you know, there's been a lot of speculation about what happened in the locker room after that Colts game. Something happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't pretty, and that's, you know, I think part of why Derek Carr cried after, uh, you know, at that press conference after kind of witnessing what that locker room was like that day. Uh, but how'd they respond? They won three games in a row. And so even if that was a bad response, they, they were able to turn that into something positive. So I was kind of asking Devontae, look, if you turn that into a positive, can you also turn this into a positive? Is it, is it the same kind of response coming out of, you know, that, that attitude? And I just kind of went in circles. But, you know, in the band, he said, yeah. He's like, he said it's possible to go from angry to good or sad to good. It's just how you, how you go back and practice and how you, uh, how you work yourself back into it. So we'll see how they respond. If they, if they give a similar bounce back of three straight wins like they did after the Colts game, uh, that'll be very telling. But it could go the other way, too. I mean, you could absolutely come out your next game and just be deflated and flat, and we'll see if that happens on Sunday. There's really no way of knowing until they take the field. No doubt about it. Again, Adam Hill is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. You can catch Adam Adam and all his uh, work in the RJ and also on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. My man DeMond's got one for you. Cassie Soto, your teammate, she put out a video, and it captioned, we got the whole crew back, and Mac Holland said that apparently. So what was that? What was the mood like in the locker room with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller being back? Does the rest of the team get that sense of, hey, now this offense is going to be at full force? I think so, and but I think, you know, I, I think there's an attitude of, well, this is nice, but let's let's believe it when we see it on Sunday. Let's see if everybody's in uniform, everybody's out there, and everybody's ready to go. And And I think even if there is, like, unfortunately, I do think there's a little bit of a, Hey, a little too little too late, right? I mean, uh, this would have been nice for a lot of guys, you know, four, three, four weeks ago to have everybody together, uh, or even, you know, 10 weeks ago. At the beginning yeah. of the season, it would have been yeah. nice to have everybody together. So I think there's some excitement, but as, as Devontae Adams said, uh, you know, we've been thinking about this for months. You know, like, it's not like, it's not like for the last week we've been thinking, of, oh, we're getting some new guys. Right. Like, all off season, they thought this is what it's going to be. So they've been thinking about it for a long time. Now it's just a matter of, uh, can you put it into practice? Maybe if you're able to put it into practice, that's certainly a big question but i'll also say uh, a lot of people were talking to darren waller hunter renfro afterwards um, i was spending a lot of time talking to a lot of players about if they think that kid is really 12 <laughs> so what, what do the players in the locker room think because i know what you're talking about <laughs> so for, for the listeners out yeah there, for the ones the, that don't uh, explain the, please yeah, the kid that won the uh national player of the year 12 and under for football yeah i look I know a lot of kids. My I saw his picture one. on Twitter. I saw his picture on Twitter. He didn't look like he was twelve to me. No, my my brother was one that it was was you know birth certificate checked every single game uh, as a basketball player, and so I, I get it. There's kids that look older. Uh, this kid looks like he probably pulled up in a minivan with like five kids. Like he looks like he's forty two years old. Like he, it's crazy. But I like I do think in the end I do think he's actually twelve. Um, but it is it does look insane that he's <laughs> that he's twelve and under. And he's just blowing. He's just blowing kids up. I think it's the mustache. Because I'm looking at him next to his teammates. What's he's the, not that tall. It's the fake tattoos, too. Like he's got, his arms are all padded up, but I think they're fake. Oh, wow. We need, we need, to, get on, we need to get to the bottom of this. So, so, every, so I, I asked pretty much every player in the locker room. Uh, I will say Derek Carr was just obsessed. He said there was a kid uh, when, he was, when he was seven 
uh, or excuse me, he was in seventh grade. He said a kid pulled up uh, in his car to play the game, and he's like, what have I gotten into? So he's been through that experience before. Uh, Deron Harmer's like, as soon as I started to ask him, was, no, no way, no way that kid is 12. So he had already kind of seen it. A lot of players had already seen it. Um, it was it was a good uh, a good little fun exercise to see who thought what, but very few people in the locker room believe that that kid is 12. All right, we're going to we're gonna have to just leave it there. But something I did want to ask you about, because Bill Belichick earlier today really had nothing to say about Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels, he at least had a nice statement about Bill Belichick. But what are the players in the locker room? Are they going to be doing it for Josh McDaniels this Sunday? I know that, hey, they, you don't need any extra material to get ready. But, but you see it in the locker room. You know, let's say the Rams, when they won, Greg Olson got a game ball. Do you think that the players are going to yeah, be one? what? <laughs> I want, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. What the hell did he get a game ball okay. for? Gosh. That was trolling, I think. I think that's pretty fair to say. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think everybody understands the situation. It's not like it's a mystery. Everybody knows what's going to happen. I think everybody's very well drilled and they're not saying anything about it. Uh, everybody's kind of giving the same answer of, hey, this is not Josh against Bill. It's not, you know, Jakob Johnson and, and Deron Harmon against the Patriots. It's Raiders against Patriots. It's another game. It's another week. And nobody believes that. But everybody's going to say that, and everybody's going to act like that all week, and uh, then we'll get to Sunday, and, and obviously there'll be a lot of national attention on it and a lot of focus on it and a lot of um, you know matching those guys up. Like Go, go back and watch, uh, for those that want to go find it, uh, they play, the, the Broncos played the Patriots when McDaniels was the coach of the Broncos, mm-hmm. and the Broncos won that game uh, right at the end. Go back and watch Josh McDaniels' reaction to that victory. Yep. Like, that was not a normal game. That was not any other game. We understand that this means more, and I wish that you know coaches and players would talk about those sort of things, not just in this situation, but in all situations. I wish they'd be a little bit more open and honest, but that's not the reality. We know that they're going to be well-drilled and not say anything, and after the game, in the locker room, we'll see like a, you know, a behind-the-scenes camera, and somebody will, uh, will, say, so will say something about it. Uh, but you know, right now, they're going to be all, all buttoned up and all saying the right things about it. No doubt. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And, yeah, I look forward to seeing the game on Sunday and see what it looks like, see how it all shakes out, of course. Adam, what do you got coming out on the RJ that we should be on the lookout for? I don't know. I'll probably write an apology letter for my stupid question. That's, uh, <laughs> that's number one. I'll publish that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually I am writing about what I talked about. It's just the, the fact of, hey, look, that was a really, really sad scene in the locker room, and how do they bounce back from that? How are they able to recover? Uh, that'll be in there. Uh, on Sunday as the uh, the preview for the game, and uh, throughout the week, just uh, some you know some other little tidbits that we pick up in the locker room. A couple things, uh, you know, some new new players in there, new Fresno State blood uh, for uh, Devontae yep. and Derek to uh, to talk to. So um, you know, it's just some some notes and nuggets throughout the week, and then that uh, that game advanced always always the uh, the section on Sunday. Uh, the Vegas Nation checks and make sure everybody checks that out. You know, before we let you go, Adam, I did want to ask you uh, a, a couple UNLV questions real quick. Barry Odom is the new head coach there of the Rebels, and then the running Rebels are off to a 10-0 start. What are your thoughts on both? Uh, what what a what disrespect to the 9-1 and Lady Rebs, Q. Come on. Hey, look, that's I only the, had two questions. Squad. My bad, my bad. That's, that's <laughs> the squad. Uh, UNLV Rebel basketball uh, that I've watched almost every game for my entire life, uh, this is – as well as they played defense in 30 years. It's very exciting to see uh, a lot of question marks this offseason of, hey, you're recruiting every star defensive player in the portal. How are you going to score points? Well, you're going to score points by turning defense into offense and by having Keyshawn Gilbert take a massive step forward uh, from last season to this season. He's playing out of his mind. The defense is at a very high level. Two more tough games to go before conference play, but two winnable games. So 
They can go to conference play 12-0, and and then obviously that big test against San Diego State to open things up. That'll be very, very fascinating to see how they play in that game. And as far as the UNLV football team goes, I think uh, somebody else said this. I wish I knew who it was so they could, uh, I, they, I could give them credit. But like, it seems like they have a football coach now. And Marcus Arroyo was you know, uh, you know, kind of a, an offensive mind, a creative offensive play caller, all those things. But he never really seemed like that old school, like what you would see on like a 1950s TV show of a mm-hmm. football coach, yeah. uh, like who would be cast in a TV show. I think that's what Odom is. I, I feel like he's just a guy, you, if you met him, uh, like at Starbucks, you'd be like, oh, where do you coach football at? Uh, which, you know, I'm not really of that old school traditional mentality, but I think that's something they haven't had here in a while. So uh, I'm interested to see how that works out. And so far, he's doing all the right things in terms of building bridges back to the community. And he actually visited high schools in Las Vegas. It's amazing that can happen. <laughs> so, look, I'm glad you said that because I opened the show talking about that. Is that something that truly Marcus Royal never did was was recruit locally? Uh, go read, go read Mike Romala's story about this. It's, it's about uh, a couple months old. It's very fascinating and very intriguing about some of those things. And uh, look, just look at the tweets that are being sent out, right? I mean, yeah. Green Valley High School, I think it was. I don't want to yep. uh, say it if it's not them. I think it's Green Valley. It basically was. said, yep. they said, uh, you know, mending fences. Like, it, it, it was, a, it was wow. a real issue with a lot of high school programs here that, hey, look, even if you don't want a kid at that school, like, maybe you will at some point. You might want to have a good relationship. Yep. No, that's facts. That has to happen. That's exactly what I told DeMond earlier. Like, that, even if you don't have a guy there that they want, you've got to go in there and build those relationships. That's amazing that Marcus Arroyo was not doing that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it seems like UNLV has a football coach now that knows how the game is played, and he's got to go ahead and recruit. Hey, Adam, uh, I've just found the gem of a question that you asked. Would you like to well, hear no, it? No, don't. Please don't. No, <laughs> no. Don't do it. I can't. I got to go. I got to go. I got to okay. leave. <laughs> Adam, we'll let you go, brother. Don't play it, please. We you won't. Can. It's fine. It's okay. fine. Don't All right. We will. Good. All right. <laughs> later, later, Adam. I'll see you. See you. All right. There he goes. Adam Hill from the RJ. Before we take a break, I do want to hear this question because, look, I'm not making fun of Adam. I will never do that because there's times that I'll mess up a question and DeMond will tell you. I'll be standing in the studio and I'll literally put my fingers to my head like a gun and shoot myself and be pissed because some, you sometimes it's in your head. You know exactly what you want to say and all of a sudden you, you make one wrong turn and that turns into two wrong turns and next thing you know, you're lost. So let's go ahead and hear that question. It's just about the execution. Is there a right way to handle a loss? Is there, like, have you learned through your career of like, what you want to see from your team or how you're supposed to handle it? Yeah, I mean, you want to you want to see guys affected to a certain degree. You don't want to see them affected to where it affects their performance the next week, you know. But um, it it means that it means something to the guy if if it's you know it's shaken up a little bit by it. So you always want to see that it that it matters, but not too much to the point where it throws you off the the next week. Derek said it was. I mean, obviously the locker room was very different uh, Thursday than it has been at other times. Derek said he liked what he saw in terms of kind of dealing with it emotionally. Um, but last time against Indianapolis, it was different, and he said the response was really good. So, I mean, can the response be really good off of this just like it was off of that one? You almost confused me. But, I think you can you can have a different immediate response to, to things and still respond the right way. So I hope that I answered that the, the proper way. Yes. Um, so, you know, you can you can be pissed off one time or not as pissed off and still come back and, and you know, come to work and, and do what you got to do the next week. So. It doesn't really matter how, you know, different different personalities are going to react different in the moment, but I think collectively as a unit, we got to all be on the same page as far as getting our minds right to come come correct. What? 
I like it. I like, and, and look, I understand where he was going with it. Again, I've been there, done that, brother. And if you haven't been there, done that, and that's happened to you, then you haven't done it enough because it's guaranteed to happen to the best of us, right? I mean, we all have been there, done that. And, man, sometimes I just look back and say, I, I almost want to apologize to that person before because that question was so bad. But there you go, Adam Hill talking to Devontae Adams a little earlier. And we do thank Adam Hill for all his time he gave us this afternoon here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Uh, 422 is the time. We'll come back, get to some more calls, and get to some more texts. The question I threw out there, where are you right now as far as confidence in the plan? Uh, is it in place, and is it trending in the right direction? Uh, all answers are good answers. We want to hear from you. Plus, I still have Q's holiday movie nightmare on the way, as heard on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio. I think it's going to make you laugh. That's also coming up here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. 427 is the time. Got a lot to get to in a little bit amount of time, so we're going to try to hustle up here. 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187, keyword R&R. Got some good text to get to. Uh, also got a couple calls that we're going to get to. I did want to get to this text real quick from Rob in Oakland. Hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text sign. He said, I think today's questions are two separate questions. Okay. One, is there a plan in, is there a plan in place? Yes, but we don't see much of the front office work. This includes – Applying Dave Ziegler's grading system for college players, teaching it to the scouts, and implementing it in the upcoming draft and free agent periods. Is it trending in the right direction? Hell no. Nah. Not with the historic losses and inconsistent play. As long as we have personnel problems, we're not going to see the results. It's a long-term process that we all deserve, but it's what Mark signed us that we all don't deserve. I think I think that's what it meant to say. But it's what Mark signed us up for. That's Rob in Oakland, and I guess you could look at it as two separate questions. I mean. Where are you right now with your confidence level that the plan is in place and trending in the right direction? I mean, I guess technically there's two questions there. Uh, but, you know, if, if you have any confidence in it, you, you either do or you don't, <laughs> right? But, I mean, I understand your, your, your breakdown, but, I mean, you either have confidence in, in, in the organization trending in the right direction or the, the plan in place is trending in the right direction or it's not. So uh, I do appreciate your, your breakdown. Uh, Mark in Jersey hit us up and said, I'm 50% sold on the direction. These last four games will determine the staff and D.C. moving forward. Again, it's real short and simple from Mark in Jersey. Definitely appreciate that. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Raider Fish in Berkeley. What's on your mind, brother? Woo! Hey, I've checked out. You know, after that, that humongous L, I had to get my equilibrium and balance and all my <laughs> chakras together, whatever else uh, you, you, you all believe in in Raider Nation. I'm 1,000% confident. I called JT last year, week 13, and said, we're going to run four straight. It's in the archives. And here I am. Put it in the archives. We're going to run four straight fully confident because I've been chugging way too many gallons of silver and black Kool-Aid for way too many decades, baby, to fall off the wagon now. I'm, I'm hooked in and booked in, ready to look in. We're going to go four straight. I'm fully confident that we can win four straight. And I want to tell Raider Nation right now, listen, one positive spin, in spite of the ineptitude, lack of execution, poor coaching, bad personnel decisions, bad luck, or whatever else that collectively led to our losses, the fact that we're still in the playoff race somehow, some way, man, that's a huge positive. Show up, show out. Holla, just win. I hope we win. Just maybe win, baby, when you go out, Raiders. <laughs> there he goes. Raider Fish in Berkeley. I love the, love the thoughts right there. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it, it's, 
you know, it's funny that they are mathematically still in it. And, of course, they need a lot to go their way. But the fact that none of the league has really taken off and just ran and hid with the, the playoff positions tells you all you need to know. I mean, hell, you can look at the division that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in there with New Orleans, Carolina, and the Saints, and nobody has a winning record. Nobody. Somebody's got to go to the playoffs, and nobody's got a winning record. None of them are any good. And I'll tell you, I don't care what team out of all four of those teams make the playoffs. They ain't going to be there but a second, right? I mean, you know that they're going to be out of there immediately, but that's, I mean. Brady doesn't scare you for one game? Not even close. I've seen those stupid reports where people are like, well, I think Tom Brady's going to be a Raider next year. No thanks. No thanks. I'll scream it from the highs of the heavens. No thanks. That ain't Tom Brady. That, that ain't vintage Tom Brady. That's old Tom Brady, right? And I know Father Time. I know Father Time. Has, he's escaped it for a while, but come on, man. I'm good. I, I don't want anything to do with Tom Brady at all. I mean, he's, he's not the Tom Brady he was. Uh, clearly, his team in Tampa Bay is not the team that they were. Uh, he'll be playing somewhere next year. I don't think he'll be in Tampa Bay, but – I don't have any desire to see him in Las Vegas, not even at a fight. I don't even want to see him at the MGM, right? <laughs> Go on to see a fight in New York or something. Go to Dallas, man. They, they have fights at Jerry's World, right? Go on to Jerry's World, man. Take your, take your party to Jerry's World. Uh, earlier today, DeMond came up with this. Uh, he, he, he was Johnny on the spot and uh, was paying attention to the Pat McAfee show. And, of course, he always has Aaron Rodgers on. And they ended up talking about Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams is having a really good season. Like, I mean, he's having a really good season right now. And, of course, it's going to go under the radar because the Raiders don't have the record that anyone expected. But 82 catches, 1,247 yards, 12 touchdowns. <laughs> That's the season right now for Devontae Adams. I mean, he's just – he, he's been fantastic. So here's Pat McAfee asking a question to Aaron Rodgers about Devontae Adams. He is seemingly all the way back to pace. Do you think learning a new offense was something for him? Do you think just getting comfortable over there? And do you keep up with Devontae at all this season? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we talk weekly. Uh, and, and, I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, he's the best receiver in the league. So, uh, at some point, it's gonna it's gonna happen for him. Uh, he should be the focus of every defense that he plays against, and it's just a matter of you know I think at times calling plays for him and and giving him giving him the opportunities. But if he gets his targets and he gets to run you know run his routes, he's gonna put up numbers. Yeah. No matter who's guarding, who's throwing it to him, or who they're playing against. Aaron Rodgers on Devontae Adams again, looking at the numbers for Devontae on the season, 1,247 receiving yards and uh, just killing it. 12 touchdowns, had a fantastic season so far and still has four games to go. Leading receiver for the Packers, Alan Lazard, 620 yards, and he has five touchdowns. Christian Watson has the most touchdowns, uh, the rookie wide receiver, with seven touchdowns, but he only has 401 yards. So uh, Devontae Adams has more yards than Alan Lazard and Christian Watson, the number one and number two wide receiver in Green Bay. And I honestly think similar I, – I think that Aaron Rodgers hit it on the head. Once they figure it out, I don't think the Raiders have figured it out yet with Devontae Adams. I don't think that they've actually figured out exactly how they should use them because that's why we don't see consistently – you know, how many targets he should get or him consistently get the ball throughout the course of the game. If they finally figure out how to use number 17 to the best of his ability, those numbers could be astronomical, right? And, of course, they're, they're going to welcome back in Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro when they're available. But, I mean, it's the Devontae Adams show, and the rest of the guys go along with it as far as I'm concerned. 
Uh, let's see. Got a, do we, we had another call that we had to get to? Did we have another call? Okay, no, we didn't. Okay, I had a couple more texts. Let me get to those real quick. Uh, this one is from uh, LJ. I feel the feeling on the direction is predicated on your view of the last year's team. If you believe we were a playoff team, then you'll be disappointed in this regime. If you were, if you believe we were a below average team that just happened to make the playoffs a year ago, then I feel you're embracing the presence of the new regime and plan. Fact is, we are a team in great need. We must adopt the plan and give it a chance. Therefore, I believe what we have in place. That's from LJ. And you know, what's funny. I was talking about the Minnesota Vikings, and it's and I said that it's hard to say that a team with ten wins is not a very good team. But I honestly don't believe that they're a very good team. I really don't. Now, I know that Raider Nation would love to have 10 wins and say, yeah, Q, fine, don't be a very good team, but we'll take those 10 wins. And I would, too. If the Raiders weren't very good but had 10 wins, I'd be like, hell, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Can't wait to see where they're playing in the playoffs, right? I mean, that would be the, the level of excitement because you'd have a chance. You'd have a chance to be a good team. I just don't think Minnesota's very good. And when you go back and look at it and look what the Raiders did last year, they caught lightning in a bottle. And they did some incredible things to go on that four-game winning streak. They had a couple balls bounce their way, which is fine. Sometimes that happens. Uh, they played some quarterbacks that weren't that great of quarterbacks at times, and that's fine. That happens sometimes. You don't always have your, your whole uh, strength of schedule or strength of uh, roster, as, as the Raiders know this year, without Waller and, and Renfro. So, so you just got to play who's there in front of you, and you, know, you take the ball to bounce where, how it does. And so that's just what it is. But – Clearly, and DeMond, you've brought this up multiple times, that point differential from what the Raiders scored last year and what they gave up last year. I mean, it did, the, the math didn't equal up to a 10-win team and a playoff team, but they found a way to be a 10-win team and a playoff team. Yeah, so you can go off the results. I think from the fan perspective of, hey, making the playoffs, like you said, if the Raiders had 10 wins right now, I'd, be, I'd say, hey, y'all hating. But that's not the case. And then I think that that was predictive of what we see this season with a little bit of a regression in the team, not not being able to get those bounces because yeah. you're not going to get that luck. You're not going to get a COVID game, you know, every season where with the Browns, hey, man, it was they were thinking about canceling the game or pushing it back even back even further a few more days. Yeah. You know, so there were special circumstances that led to that great run that they had. The players still have to go out there and play the games, but – it was a special run, and they had some special circumstances that contributed to it. No doubt. No doubt. Good stuff. Raider Allen, Georgia, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Q, we've been planning from 2002. And that's, you know, and, and you know what? He's not wrong. Problem is, Dave Ziegler hasn't been planning since 2002. Josh McDaniels hasn't been planning since 2002. Champ Kelly hasn't been playing us since 2002. Hell, Derek Carr hasn't been playing us since 2002. None of these cats have been playing us since 2002. That's the only problem, Raider Al. I agree with you 100%. We, as Raider Nation, have been playing us since 2002. We, as Raider Nation, have no control of whatever goes on in the organization or on the field. We are just on the outside looking in. So as much as I want to say that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of planning, go and get it done, that ain't got nothing to do with those cats that are that are actually at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Anyone who 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 dresses out in Raider gear and takes a field and puts a helmet on or calls a play, none of them cats have been around outside of Mark Davis and some people in the in the office since 2002. I mean, it's just that's that's the unfortunate part, and that's why I always talk about it. it's hard for a fan base to hear be patient because hell, we've been patient. Or, I mean, I feel like I've been patient my whole life, right? And, and you have, too. I know you personally. I know how long you've been rocking with the silver and black. So you've been as patient as you can get. But that's not the fault of the players. That has nothing to do with Max Crosby. That has nothing to do with Devontae Adams. That has nothing to do with Josh Jacobs. That has nothing to do with anybody. 
that's just that's the that's the part of being a fan, and that's why if this organization could get some stability, and they can all of a sudden put the plan in place, and they start being that team every year where you know this is a ten win team every year, book it. That's ten wins where Caesar starts stop saying, oh hey, you know this team is gonna win eight games or six games or four games, when they start penciling the Raiders in to ten wins consistently, then you know, okay, your patience has has paid off. So uh, I understand. I <laughs> appreciate the text, my man. It's always good to hear from you. 438 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, get a couple more texts, and then we'll hear Q's Holiday Movie Nightmare. We'll do it next as we close out the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy Q. Got a couple texts on the don'tbebroke.com text line that we'll get to in just a few minutes at 69187, keyword R&R. Also, coming up at the top of the hour, 5 o'clock, Coach Kevin Kruger from UNLV, the coaches show with Curtis Terry and John Sandler. And remember, the Running Rebels, the Hoop Squad, is 10-0 and right now. So uh, something to be paying attention to coming up at 5 o'clock. Now, last night, uh, and I do this quite a bit, I fill in on ESPN Radio uh, where, wherever wherever they need me. And so last night they needed me last second on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Ian Fitzsimmons was out sick, so they asked me to, to come on. So I did. I was on from 6 to 10 Pacific Standard Time last night. And it's funny, I have a disdain. I can't stand Hallmark movies. I think they're the worst things ever created because they're all the same. You've seen one, you've seen them all, and you always know what's going to happen. It's so predictable. So I went on a rant last time I was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Or no, like two, two times ago, I, I went on a rant about the movies because the wife loves them. And then on Friday, I, it was crazy because remember I did the show – uh, Raider Nation Radio, I did that from Buffalo Wild Wings. And, of course, Raider Nation was was pretty upset by the loss uh, to the Rams. So at the end of the show I did on last Friday night, I said, you know what? There's no Raider game this weekend. I'm going to watch a couple Hallmark movies or a Hallmark movie with the wife this weekend. Even though I can't stand them, I'm just going to separate myself from football and I'm going to watch a Hallmark movie. And so last night when I was on, all of a sudden they sprung a review to see if I really did it. I had no idea any of this was going to happen, but they put production work in this and everything. I mean, it was it was really well done and totally unexpected. So hopefully you get a good laugh out of it like I did. But this was the holiday movie Nightmare on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio last night. Sometimes the show just writes itself here on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. <laughs> Q Martin for Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Serious X and Channel 80. Tune in and don't forget to tell your smart speaker, hey, you better play that ESPN radio. It will be the first time we've done this. It will not be the last time we do this. It's all about Q's holiday movie, Nightmare. The worst thing about this holiday is the channel that will remain nameless, Hallmark, and they have all these movies, and they are all the same. But the wife loves these damn movies, right? She loves them. It's the same storyline all the time. One person doesn't like the holiday. Someone loves the holiday. Someone's lonely. Someone's going to get a job somewhere else and make a decision to go to the big city or stay in the small town and find love in the holiday time. With, oh, by the way, the snow that's fake that's falling from the sky it is ridiculous but it's always the same storyline every single time you're a mean one <laughs> Mr. Grinch. You i'm really done <laughs> you're as cuddly as a cactus you're as charming as an eel mr Grinch. wow now i didn't know about the production Tasha that was Jessica tremendous told me about it and i said she said you want to hear i said no i want to be surprised 
I knew it was going to be fabulous. Wow. It was even better. So th- the floor is yours. It is time for Q Myers' Holiday Movie Nightmare. I guess it just goes on the day after Thanksgiving and right through December 25th. Well, my yeah, my holiday nightmare movies, when it comes to movies, is because the wife loves to watch these Hallmark movies, whatever. She loves them, right? She watches all of them, and they're always the same. So no matter when I walk and I see her in there watching them, I always know what's going on. I was like, oh, that person's about to fall in love, whatever, and it's a wrap. <laughs> they're the worst, right? And so I don't ever watch them. I try to avoid them at all costs because they're, they're ridiculous. And, you know, the, the snow is always so fake, and it's, it's just terrible, right? But uh-huh. she eats these things up. So... Thursday night football, the Raiders get beat by the Rams, and they had no business losing that game. But what it did, besides give me a headache on local radio here in Las Vegas because (laughs) Raider Nation was very upset, I knew I had an open weekend where I didn't have to do anything as far as covering the Raiders. So I said, I opened my big mouth, shocking, and I said (laughs) on my final word on Friday that I was going to watch a Hallmark movie with the wife this weekend. I was going to dedicate myself to watching at least one Hallmark movie, and I thought it was going to be one, and, Freddie, I ended up watching two. Uh-huh. Just I ended see, up watching two. Just can't seem to wake up from this nightmare, can you? No, no. And the one that we watched, the first one, was Christmas with You, and it was actually a oh, Netflix boy. movie. And so, But it was funny. It was actually funny, but it was still the same old storyline. But this one had a musician in it who apparently was an aging musician, and she needed a song. Mm-hmm. And so Freddie Prince Jr. was in this movie. Oh, so that's and, where he's been. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he's up there. He has a daughter that's in high school, and she sings this young lady's song, and she all of a sudden decides she wants to somehow go meet this this young fan of hers. And so, of course, she goes and travels, and it starts snowing, and the weather's bad. So she gets stuck at this young lady's house. So she decides she's going to just conveniently stay, and everyone's cool with that, right? Everyone in the house is like, yeah, sure, you can stay. It's all good. She stays, and of course, oh, the young lady who's going to high school, what's her dad? Is her dad a single a single father? I was, I was going to ask you. Yeah. He's a single father, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Just, yeah. So widowed, what happens Was at he the widowed? End? Put it this way. Was he widowed, lost his wife when she yes. was young? Yes. Thought, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, the previous wife had passed, and he was solo bolo. So you know how this story ends, <laughs> just like all of them. But I did like the aunt or the grandmother, whoever it was, okay. because she was a big tequila fan. So, oh, so that's uh, why. So you're saying both you needed alcohol to get out of this nightmare. Right, exactly. It was cool because he told he told uh, somebody, he was like, hey, just don't let her get to the tequila. And the first thing she did was open up her jacket was like, I got tequila. And so I thought that that was funny because she was like, oh, man, forget what he's saying. I'm going to get to tequila. <laughs> the question I have, are there any Christmas movies that you actually like? Um... Not really. I mean, they're all like, okay, yeah, I, I don't want to say no. Like, okay. Elf is funny. Elf yes, is a funny absolutely. one. Um, Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase is, is funny. Sure, with the Griswolds. You know, yes. Yeah, the Griswolds. You got to appreciate those. Those, But, you know, outside of that, not really. Um, sa- no Santa Claus with Tim Allen? No, no, I don't do I do not do all that. Right. Um, what's the one where uh, Ralphie? Ralphie's oh, cool. A Christmas Story. Yeah, yeah there I, you go. I've never watched that at all. Really? I just like it. him because he beats up the bully. And okay, which, sure. Spoiler alert. 
<laughs> you're not spoiling it for me. I'm never going to watch it, so Clearly, I'm good with it. if you that. haven't seen it by now, you're not going to see it because it comes yet. on TV uh, like yeah. 5 million yeah. times. I'll oh, be 57 Santa. next month. I, I do notice. like Bad yeah. Santa. The wife told me really? Bad Santa. Oh, yeah, Bad Santa's funny. Okay. That's a fu- I mean, that's... Is that's that with cl- Billy Bob Thornton? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that's with the uh, the little dude. Right, I oh, mean, um, he's, Peter Dinklage. Yeah, yeah, he's a cool. He's he's the cool. He's cooler than the other side of the pillow, man. Okay. Shout out to him. So yeah, I do like that movie. <laughs> that was funny. That for all the wrong reasons, it's yes. funny. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's the not, opposite of Christmas. Ex- and that's why I like it. I can appreciate that. Bad Santa <laughs> is is in your words tremendous. <laughs> I, I wish I wish we could see the Chris back with our producers' faces. He can't stand it right now. He's laughing so hard. <laughs> like, seriously, anything that he's thought about Christmas movies, you're just completely blowing that out of the water for him right now. Right, Chris Mack? Uh, Q, you would not get along with most of my family, so <laughs> let's just go with that. Look, they like sports, right? I like I like sports on, on No, Christmas. no, true. However, however, you did save yourself with Elf being a good... Yes. That is that is a holiday yes. classic in the McGlynn household. Yes, yeah, I mean, that's a yes, funny one. That, I just like stuff that's going to make me laugh, man, because mm-hmm. we're too serious too many times. We're all serious. Let's laugh, you know? I like, that's why Bad Santa's hilarious to me, man. I mean, my man's trying to rob places, right? I mean, he's got a dude going down the, the, the laundry chute or the garbage chute and all kind of stuff. And, you know, he goes into a bar and gets into a fight. And I won't say anything else because it's not radio friendly. Well, for all the parents out there with kids in the car, we're sorry here on Freddie and Fitzsimmons with Q Marcy and Fitzsimmons and Freddie Coleman right. on ESPN Radio. So what's this bingo card you and yeah. Tara Sledjewski have going on involving I don't know. So holiday if, movies if and nightmares? you Google Hallmark holiday movie bingo, okay. there's a lot of cards. And so I just, I wanted to see okay. how many of these Q's movie hits. Okay. Did okay. they bake cookies in the movie? Okay. Oh, absolutely. They, they bake cookies multiple All the time. Times. It's did, a Christmas tradition. Did they buy a Christmas tree? Uh, they had a Christmas tree, so I'm assuming they bought one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. That works. Did <laughs> someone hate Christmas other than you? Um, now, that's someone, a tough one. Did someone hate Christmas? There's usually not a Scrooge in any of these holiday movies you watch on Netflix or Hallmark or Lifetime. I don't think I don't think anyone hated Christmas. They just weren't in the Christmas spirit because he was lonely. No, nope, yes. he wasn't in the Christmas spirit. That kind of counts. Okay, it does. Yeah, totally. And you said cool. snow fell. That's on here. Did they go ice skating? Oh, uh, ice skating. Did they go ice skating? Of course. I, I don't remember. Did someone have a new job offer in January? Uh, well, no, look, this is what she was doing. She needed a new song, so Freddie was helping her come so up with a new song. So a main character yeah. sings. That's yep. on the bingo card. See, okay. there you go. Uh, single parent yep. is yes. on yep. Yep. Always. the All uh, bingo card. Dead parents on yep. the bingo Absolutely. card. There's always a widow that's a single parent. Was Always. there a Christmas wish? Um, I think Ooh. there was a Christmas wish trying to find a new hit. Yep, there you go. Bingo. Was there mistletoe? Oh, there's plenty of it. Yeah, this is, I mean, (laughs) like we thought, this hits a lot of the uh, marks on bingo. And this has been the first edition of Q's <laughs> Holiday Movie Nightmare on Freddie Fitzsimmons. If you missed out anything in the world of sports, me and Q Miles, make sure you're caught up courtesy of one thought. This is ESPN Radio. (laughs) So there it was right there. Freddie had a great time with it. I had a great time with it. Didn't realize that they were putting all the production into it that they did, but there you go. So the lesson learned here, Damon, is that there's always archives of everything that you say. No matter what you say, it can always come back to you. And that one came back to me. I'll be more mindful of that. <laughs> do you have do, – you you, you're a movie guy. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Oh, yeah, man. You didn't mention Home Alone. 
That's not a good movie. That's lame. What are you talking about, man? That's a classic. It's, Home Alone. Home doesn't Alone. Mean, just because that's the thing that people don't understand. Just because it's classic doesn't mean it's good. It's just classic because it's old. Okay, we're gonna have to, uh, you know, disagree on that one. That's fine. Not even agree to disagree because you got that's one of the classics you got to watch. That you didn't mention Elf. Oh man, Robin Oakland just told us that Q uh, Peter Dinklage has passed away. I didn't know that. Peter Dinklage, the one? No, Peter Dinklage is the is. The little dude, right? Yeah, but he's from Game of Thrones. I don't know that. I never saw that show. I don't. Yeah, he he was not the uh, guy. He was not the uh, the guy that you're referring to in uh, Bad Santa. He oh, was okay. an elf, and because he was like, "Call me Elf one more time." Oh, I, oh yeah, that guy's funny. That's okay. That's oh, see, I don't even know who was the guy who was little brother in uh, in in Bad Santa. I don't I don't know the I don't remember the actor's name. Okay, my bad. All right, so give me another one of your favorite movies, Christmas movies. Die Hard. That's not a, that's not a Christmas. Happens movie. at Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. Oh my gosh, this is not a Christmas show. It's happening at Christmas time. Any other ones? You're terrible. Uh, you're, you're really putting me on the spot. It's like I watch. You're oh, the no, movie no, no, no. guy. Grandma, Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. My favorite Christmas movie of all time. That's a song. It's not a movie. It's a it's a children's movie. Yes, it is. I watch it every year. Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. Do you really? Is yes. it really? Yes. It's, it's a, a show? It's a it's a it's a crappily made little cartoon Christmas movie, but it, you know it warms the heart every time. All right. Well, there you go. Devon has spoke. Mr. Movie Walking himself. From our house on Christmas Eve. They played the song. That's a song. That's what I just song. said. They played the song, song in the movie. You know, you can't say there's no such thing as Santa. I can say that there's no such thing as you singing. You're terrible. Don't do that anymore. Coach Kevin Kruger, his coaching show comes up next. The Rebels are 10-0. He's going to sit down with Curtis Terry and John Sandler. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.